0: Episode 4 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles, it's black, it's white. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 4 of Fitness Behaviour with uh, Bevan James Isles, your monthly podcast on the Behaviors that create a lifetime love of fitness and all that comes along with it. Well, again, it's been a crazy month. I've just been come back from China. I've been over in China for a fitness convention um, for Les Mills, and it was uh it was a pretty amazing experience. I I'm a very fortunate man in that I get to lead uh, a very experience rich life, and I think one of the highlights of the trip is that I got to do a dance class. A Les Mills have a program they've just released called Chibam, which is Probably, to be fair, as as an entry-level kind of really fun dance class, and I was up on stage, and and by no means am I a dancer. uh, After the class, someone said, Wow, this is really good, because if you can do it, anyone can do it. (laughs) Which made me feel real good about about my ability, but uh, it was just a real buzz to be up in front of people, moving in a way that I'm not really used to moving, and having a couple hundred people in front of me, just really getting into it. It It was a real wicked experience. I must also say that the Chinese people were just... Real accommodating, just amazing, amazing people, and just really lovely to me. It's, um, it's exciting to be over there because fitness is a big area for them to be moving forward, and so that was really exciting. Before we kick into this week's show, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's gone up onto iTunes and just left some feedback on there. I've kind I've of gone around a few of the iTunes around the world and noticed that lots of you guys have been putting some feedback. In your own countries just saying about the show and, and it really does make a difference. So I just thank you so much for taking some of your time aside and and writing something about the show. You know, just write what you think, be honest. I don't you know, I just want honesty, so go on there, chuck on what you think. It's uh I also can use it as some feedback to try and make the show better. So yeah, just for those who have done that, thank you so so much. And also I've noticed through my website just getting some hits that um, a lot of you guys are actually promoting the show on some of the forums that you're a part of. Uh, which again is just really, really great. Obviously, forums are a really big community, and if you can go on there and put a post on there, it's just a way of getting the show out there. So, once again, anyone who's just been doing the feedback and chucking stuff on forums and letting people know about stuff about the show is is great for me because it means uh, it grows the show and uh, the community, and also just kind of means kind of a bit of information that you guys are enjoying what I'm doing. So, I really, really appreciate that. Anywho, uh, we're going to get into this month's show. It's uh, Yeah, I won't talk about it because it's going to happen real soon. I'm going to chuck some music on and let's get into it. If I have one area of my life that I would consider to be a weakness, it would be Coke, chips and chocolate. I'm a pretty disciplined person. I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. And over the years, I've really learned to to have a, a lot of discipline in my life. But if I were to have, you know, that one temptation that sometimes I can be a little bit weak around, is it's those three things: coke, chips, and chocolate. Really. Now, I'm not one of those people who feels that you can't ever have bad things in your life, or, or you know, like I, I'm kind of a believer that a good level of moderation and, you know, some of your temptations in life, it's fine to have it, it's it's just when you lose control of those temptations that I, you know, we need to work on, and and for me, I tend to have these periods where I have a good level of these things in my life, and then I have a periods where sometimes I just start to have too much of chips and chocolate, or, or, or sweet is probably the better way of putting it, and this year, around May, I started to notice that I was starting to include these things in my life in a, a kind of in a day-to-day way where I was trying to find ways to include more of that, those kind of foods into my life and I was kind of fascinated by what was causing me to do it and you know I kind of tend to go deep with everything so I, I identified that you know I was kind of going too far with it so for the month of June I set myself a target of not having any of those three things in my life so, in the month of June, I could have no fizzy drinks, basically no Coke Zero, no Sprite Zero, no fizzy drinks. I was allowed no sweets, so no lollies, no chocolate, or anything like that. And I was allowed no potato chips. So, on the 1st of June, I, all the, you know, last day leading up to June, then the 1st of June came along and I cut off those foods. Throughout the next month, I was fascinated at how easy it was me to resist the thing that still in my life is a little bit of temptation that can get out of hand. For the month of June I found it extremely easy to not have those foods. This was really fascinating to me you know how is it that you can have this one thing that you know is a bit of a temptation on the mind often how can it be that you know when you say that you're not going to have it it suddenly becomes so easy I have to admit by the end of the month, you know, end of June I was starting to think of, you know, having some cokes and stuff and so, you know, the end of June, July came along and the first July I did go a little bit nut bar on on those foods but it got me thinking and I have this thing called a monthly challenge. Now if you go to my website, bevanjamesiles.com, on the monthly challenge page I have a local monthly challenge which I try to set up local events for uh, local people doing you know trying different sports and just getting people out there doing activities I'm a, I'm a big believer that if you're going to create content you have to be walking the walk and so I try to be great in fitness myself and I try to inspire and create environments where people can experience different sporting movements and have success around it so I have my local one on the website but then I also have an international monthly challenge and it's basically once a month I send out an email, and, and if you want to go onto my website and join us, feel free. But once a month I send out an email with just some kind of challenge. So throughout this year I've had things like how many press ups can you do in a month? You know, and if you did a thousand press ups in that month, you you know that's pretty cool. If you did two thousand, it's unbelievable, and so on. Other things I've done is, um, you know, the time trial race against yourself, so you would choose an activity at the beginning of the month, and you may have to run, you know, 5Ks at the beginning of the month, and throughout the month you have to train up to the end of the month, so you can be faster at that 5K race at the end of the month. At the end of June, I thought, well, what a cool idea to do the monthly challenge based on what I have just done. So for the month of August, I set out the email of the monthly challenge that stated that for the month of August, you have to choose one area of your life where you have temptation that you think you may sometimes go out of control of, and you have to remove that temptation from your life for that month. Different people chose different things. Some people were like me and they chose, you know, the chocolates and the sweet foods or, you know, the fatty foods. Some people chose alcohol. Some people removed uh, coffee from their life. You know, different people had different things. You got to choose your own temptation. So the month started, and I was really fascinated to see if the people on my database doing this experience were having a similar experience to what I had in June. Were these people going to find it? easy to resist the temptation that normally in their everyday life would be a real struggle to to, you know to resist and what i found was it really was the case throughout the month i started getting emails from people just saying wow i'm finding it really easy to resist you know my alcohol in my life or my chocolate and there's a real example that was really interesting to me there's a lady at the gym at my theorymed classes i do um, rpm which is like a spin class and there's a lady called Michelle who comes to my RPM classes all the time. Michelle is a mum a, a of two children. She's got this wild kind of short bob cup curly hair and um, a real, real just lovely person who's got a nice energy about her, loves to just kill herself when she's training. When you're teaching a class you look down on Michelle and she's always just got a head down going as crazy as she can. And Michelle, but, you know, when she found out we were doing this challenge, just came up to me and started talking to me about it and saying, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to resist now. I'm pretty sure hers were like chocolate for a month. You know, chocolate was her temptation. I'm going to resist chocolate for the month of August. So throughout the month, we started, you know, she'd see it at the gym every week and she'd give me an update on how it's going. And like me, she was fascinated with how easy it was for her to resist chocolate in her life that once she decided that for this month she wasn't going to have chocolate, suddenly the thing that had always been the big temptation, it's like it no longer existed for her. That she was able to develop strategies to remove that from her life. By the end of the month we, we caught up again and I remember a few days before the end of the month she had to admit that she was looking forward to getting some chocolate back in her life but you know, she, she felt she'd learned some really good strategies to overcome the temptation, and that once she had chocolate back and alive, she'd be able to develop some, you know, maintain those strategies so she could have a healthier level of that temptation. Fast forward a couple of months down the piece, and we're at the gym and we we're talking about something. I can't remember exactly what it was. And we went back to the, the month of August, the monthly challenge. And Michelle said to me, It's funny, I've pretty much gone back to the habits I had before I did the monthly challenge, and it fascinated me, because this was the experience similar to what everyone else had been telling me from this experience. Why was it that in the month of August, Michelle and so many other of the people on the database and myself in June were able to resist this temptation that was normally so hard for them but then once we went back from out of that environment or that place we found it so hard to maintain those habits it's got me doing some research and got me thinking about um you know this this whole concept of what was happening in in the situation and and the research really pointed me towards the concept of black and white rules it's almost easier when you have a black and white rule around something. What is a black and white rule? A black and white rule is basically you either do or you don't. So for example with me, I don't drink alcohol. I'm a total teetotaler I never, ever drink alcohol. Okay, So that's a black and white rule. There's no way I ever drink alcohol. I don't consider ever drinking alcohol. What a black and white rule does is it eliminates the rationalisation of the thing that you want to do. An example of it would be with alcohol. So let's say, for example, I wanted if I did drink alcohol and I liked a glass of wine every night, and a a healthy level for me would be have a glass of wine with dinner every night. But occasionally, I may want to have a little bit more than that. So because of that, I may think to myself, you know, well, what I'll do is instead of you know having half a glass of wine at night, I'll fill up right up to the top. Just to make sure I can get that little bit more out of it, I'm rationalizing how I can have more of that temptation. Or I may even go, Well, I have two glasses of wine tonight because I'm going to be training really hard tomorrow. So that allows for me to have that little bit extra. That when we have these things in our life, when we have it, we go to the rational place where we're fighting against our mind, rationalizing why we should be allowed more of the temptation. But when we have a black and white rule, I don't drink alcohol, your mind does not even consider the possibility of having that temptation. Black and white rules eliminate willpower. They eliminate willpower. When you have vague rules, or open rules that are open to temptation, you are going into a rationalization place where you have to use willpower. It's almost like you have a lawyer whose job it is to find a loophole in the contract that you've created with yourself and the lawyer is just at you the whole time giving you reasons rationalizations on why you should do what you are doing whereas when there's a black and white rule there's no option so your mind looks for strategies for you to be a bit successful based on those rules I thought I'd give you an example of situation I had recently that really kind of, you know, highlighted this. I I travel a lot for my job, I get to travel around a lot and I spend a lot of time in airports throughout that travel and um, recently I I noticed something start to happen with myself around this whole black and white rules. I was um, at the airport and I was really hungry. This was probably about 18 months ago and I was really hungry and What I hate about airport is how much they charge you for stuff. Now if you know me, you know I'm a bit of a tight bum when it comes to money. I don't like wasting money on on unnecessary things and I always find it really frustrating when you're at the airport and you're hungry and the amount they charge for food because I kind of feel it's daylight robbery that you know they've got a monopoly on location so they, they know they can charge you more. So I'm at the airport and I'm looking at some healthy food options, but really it's going to cost me like $25. I think it may have even been somewhere like US, so like $25 US, which in New Zealand is probably 40 bucks just for a meal. And I, I was getting a little bit frustrated by that. I look next to me and there's Burger King. Now I haven't done, you know, one of my black and white rules is no fast food and that I haven't done fast food in like 14 years of my life. Having a McDonald's, having a Burger King, having a KFC in a long, long time. But in this moment, I just thought to myself, I can pay 25 bucks for a healthy meal where I can do it once off and have a Burger King and pay 10 bucks and get a good feed in. So, you know, I went to Burger King and, you know, the tight side of me won. And I went over to Burger King and admittedly I kind of went OTT because I never had Burger King. I, you know, upsized the meal and I got a large drink and I got a Sunday and I ate so much food I felt sick. On the way home from that trip, I kind of thought to myself, well, you know what? I could probably have Burger King again. Maybe I'll make it the rule that whenever I'm at airports, I can have Burger King. And that's what started to happen. Over the next few months, whenever I travelled, I'd hit the airport, and I'd go straight to Burger King to order my meal. And it was actually quite funny, just looking back on it right now, is that I was almost looking forward to travel so that I could have fast food. But then I noticed something really interesting happen. When I was at home away from the airports in my everyday life the idea of doing fast food again became appealing That I started to think, it was like the lawyer in me was finding loopholes in my contract and starting to think of ways that I could include fast food back in my life and it got to the point where I bought fast food a few times I bought McDonald's, I bought um, Burger King a couple of times and I even had KFC now again, I'm not picking on these companies, that, you know, if you want to have those food that's okay but for me, for like 14 years of my life it had been all-easy for me to resist these temptations but because I'd let this little rule of allowing myself to have temptation of of fast food at airports suddenly it started to come into my everyday life now I was pretty aware of what was happening in that moment so I kind of just went back to my black and white rule now when I'm at airports I just pay the extra money because I feel overall the effect of that rule has a healthier benefit on my life what was also really interesting was when I eliminated, or I went back to my black and white rule was that, you know, it became easy again. I didn't have to, to rationalise, I didn't have to fight the battle. It was like, it was just become easy again to resist that temptation. It was like no longer a problem. What's happening here is that when we have black and white rules, our mind becomes great at developing strategies for you to be successful in maintaining those rules. I'll go back to the Michelle example earlier on in the the show. You know, when in the month of August, it was really interesting talking, and actually probably more at the end of the month before she went back into having chocolate in her life. It was really interesting. She was saying, you know, I just seem to find these ways to avoid it. And it was was like it was really easy for her. And that's what you find when you have black and white rules. Your mind has an ability to figure out a successful strategy around it because it knows you're not allowed it. I suppose, you know, let's look at, you know, up to this point, I've really just talked about, um, you know, the nutritional side of things, but let's look at it as an athlete, I, I was in a race a few years ago, a race called Challenge Route, which is like an iron distance race over in Germany, and it's it's an amazing race that you have, like, there's a section of it where you ride through, like, 30,000 spectators, and it's just, you know, one of the highlights of my life, and And at this race there was a race between third and fourth between a guy called Chris McDonald who is one of the world's top triathletes and another guy called Luke Dragster who again is another top triathlete. Now in this race they were basically shoulder to shoulder in the last part of the run and in Ironman which is a long distance endurance sport it's pretty rare to have a sprint off at the end of the race but these two guys were racing for third were pretty much shoulder to shoulder with a few k's to go in the race. It got to the point in the race where it really looked like it was going to be, you know, just a, a sprint finish to the line, and they you were know, racing along and it's all pretty exciting and. At the last point of the race, Luke Dragster just blew away and beat Chris McDonald. You know, he sprinted away of probably about three or 400 metres to go and, and topped Chris McDonald. And I actually caught up with Luke Dragster after the race. I was just having a talk to him about him, you know, saying, hey, wait on your race, and he, how did it go? And, and we had a bit of a talk, and I said to him, you know, how are you feeling leading into those last few Ks? where you shoulder to shoulder with Chris? Were you really worried that, you know, maybe it could go wrong or, you know, if he's going to top you? And And he gave me quite a confident answer, and he said, you know what I knew I had him and and I was kind of you know like you know a bit taken back by and I said well what do you mean he goes well when I train I have this rule that I always have to go as hard as I can in the very last part of my training so when I go swimming I always really kill the last bit of the swim and whenever I ride I try to you know race the last k of the ride and when I go for a run the last 500 meters I always sprint the last bit home luke dragster had mentally prepared and trained himself because he had a black and white rule for that moment in racing now traditionally in ironman which is a long endurance sport you don't tend to do much speed work you know if you're a short course triathlete you'll do a lot more speed work but for the ironman they're not really going to be practicing their sprints that much but because luke dragster had this black and white rule around his training it helped him to be successful on race day gave him confidence in his ability because he knew he always practiced it and then he was able to apply that in the critical moment of the race so before i was talking a lot around the nutritional rules you know up to this point in the podcast i have but what about your rules based around your training what rules do you have around your training and could you create some more black and white rules to help you be more successful in doing that You know, we can look at the Luke Dragster example just here, you know, I always go hard at the end of a session. It's a black and white rule that you can maintain. It can come down to how you set up your gear. I always pack my bags the night before I train. You know, one rule I've incorporated a lot lately is is the content I listen to. Um, I'm I'm a big person who likes to consume a lot of content, so I love listening to audiobooks and and other podcasts, and, and I also love music, and I've found over the years that I train more effectively when I have music when I'm training. Um, I, you know, so if I'm trying to do quality sessions, I have music. You know, so one of the rules I've set for myself around content is that when I'm tra- you know, traveling for transport, so I, if I'm riding my bike around town to get to A to B, I'll listen to audiobooks. Or if I'm at home and I'm working on the computer, I'll listen to podcasts. But when I'm training, I'll listen to music that inspires and motivates me. This is a black and white rule that I know helps to create success in my training which gives better outcomes both physically, mentally and competitively as well. So have a look at some of the rules that you have based around exercise. Are they taking you to a rational place where the lawyer is looking for the loopholes in your, in your strategy that help you to create weakness and inaction around your fitness? Or are your rules black and white? It creates certainty which allows your mind to develop strategies to be successful in doing that. Another thing to start to become aware of is when you've gone from a place of a black and white rule back into the rationalisation place. My fast food example earlier on is, an, is a really great example of that. I had this really clear black and white rule that helped me maintain a good healthy balance in life. And then slowly, I took it from a black and white solid place to a place of rationalization by allowing that Burger King to come into my life. The faster, you know, and in my example, you know, luckily, well not luckily, but, you know, what I did well was that I was able to figure out, you know, that I was going to this place pretty quickly and just went back to my black and white right rule. So in your areas of your life where maybe in the past you've had some really great black and white rules, but then switched slowly over to the rational place. Maybe identify you know, what are you doing around nutrition, what are you doing around fitness that are helping you or are moving you away from the solid black and white place to the rational place where you're fighting willpower you know, to be successful in these areas. Another really good tip is to look to the people who are successful in the areas that you want to be successful in. So if you have a friend who you know is really fit or really healthy or, or has really good dietary habits what are the rules they have around this? I know I have, an example of this I have is uh, there's a lady called M um, who's a sports nutritionist in New Zealand and also a top elite athlete and she came around to my house not so long ago to do an interview for my other podcasts and when I had her on she told me how she's just recently turned vegan I said whoa, vegan's kind of pretty full on how did you do that? and she goes it was really easy once we decided to do it. Again because she had set a black and white rule around this way of living she was able to create success around that. So look to some of the people in your life and just ask them what are some of the rules that you have around the area that you're struggling in. So if it's junk food what are the rules that you have around junk food? What are the rules that you have around exercise? And see by putting those into your life what kind of effect they will have on your life. I think ultimately what you need to do is you need to trial it. Set a period of time, maybe you could do a monthly challenge like I did in August with with my database. Set a time, a period of time, you can maybe go shorter a week or whatever, but set a period of time where you remove a certain temptation or you add a certain rule to your training in your life. And just notice what happens in that experience for you you know, you could try it for a week, let's say for a week, you know, I go back to my place of no chocolate for a week. And notice that once I've set that black and white rule, once you've set that black and white rule, notice how you've come up with strategies to be successful. You know, you'll probably think, you know, you'll probably find that you don't buy chocolate and you don't have chocolate around the house. You'll probably find Um, you know the ways that you normally consume chocolate you'll lessen them and you'll find ways to you know other strategies to be successful you may look for healthier options at those times to help replace the food need at that time and then at the end of that period of time ask yourself is it worth me bringing that temptation back in my life? is it worth me bringing that temptation back in my life? now for some of you you know for me at the end of the day I, I maintain a really healthy level of those foods. So for me, I don't get it to the point where I'm feeling bad. Like admittedly in May this year I did, but for me I'm actually okay with having a little bit of coke, chips and, and fizzy drinks because I can maintain a healthiest level. At times I need to sharpen up, but you know, overall I live in a place where I live a pretty healthy life, so that's okay. But if you have an area of your life that you know is creating unhealthiness for you, is it a better thing to maybe make it a black and white rule that you don't have that in your life anymore? And then when you look at your training, are you just going through the motions? Are you just ticking the box? Or are you not even training? And what are some of the black and white rules that you could create around the procedure of training? You know, that stuff I talked about earlier, you know, like setting up the bag the night beforehand. Um, maybe getting someone to come along with you know I always train in groups or whatever it is you know what's the procedure that gets you to the point where you're exercising and what are some black and white rules that you can create around that so that you always do that and then in training what can you do to help you be more successful to achieve better outcomes from your sessions you know in my industry you see people who turn up and they turn their legs over for an hour on a bike and you know they don't even get their heart rate up and sometimes you wonder well What was the point of that hour? Whereas maybe if they had some good, clear, black and white rules around their training, they'd be more successful in creating sessions that were delivering the outcomes that they desired. So trial it. Give it a try and see what you think. I have created a workbook for this one. I create a workbook for every um, podcast that we do, and this time, I've created a workbook that's really helping you identify some areas where you've got some black and white rules, and where you can create some more black and white rules, and some, you know, just some learning experience around you to create some more awareness. So, if you want to check that out, you can go to my website. It costs you two bucks. Get it off the website and and check it out. Spend some time reflecting and and creating awareness around these things. Rationalisation is, is a hard thing to beat. It's like you have a devil on your shoulder, and the devil on your shoulder is, is showing you your temptations. It's talking in your ear about these temptations. It's putting pictures in your mind about what these temptations will bring to your life. It's working like that lawyer, trying to find those loopholes in your in your contract to be healthy. And when we're in that rational place, we're using our willpower to fight really hard, but it's hard. But if we create black and white rules in our life, it's like we've made that devil just disappear. And that we're able to find strategies that create success in the areas that we want to be successful in life. So spend some time. Trial it. Find the areas you need some black and white rules. Add them into your life for a period of time. And notice the difference it has. I think you'd be surprised. And then maybe you could incorporate them as an ongoing thing. I've had quite a few emails through from you guys, uh, Just first of all, just saying you're really enjoying the show, which is just great, and uh, what I'm finding really rewarding, probably the most rewarding thing of all, is that you guys are all telling me how you're applying this stuff into your life, and again, that's just really, really wicked. Uh, two emails I thought I'd bring up this month, there's one from uh, a friend of mine, actually, called Joe Carrot, who's a professional triathlete, she's a professional Ironman, and uh She's been on um, podiums and Ironman around the world, and she's just recently raced in the Hawaii Ironman. So she's a she's a bit of a gun, old Joe. And uh, she was just saying she was really enjoying the show. She went out for a ride, and, and uh, one thing about Joe is she's she's one of these animal athletes who just trains like a like a like a madman. And uh, she, um, she was just saying she listened to the, all the three shows in one session because. what she can do but she just said she really enjoyed the shows and she got something from it which is great but I just thought I'd point you guys in the direction of an article that she writes for a website called try247.com and she's just written an article on um, how to balance sporting goals with training with the rest of your life and uh for those you who are maybe a bit more athletic or you know maybe more sports people, that can be a really hard thing. So I'll put a link to her article on try247.com in the show notes for this month's show on um, bevanjamesiris.com so you can check them out there. The other email I thought I'd just quickly mention was from a guy called Ollie Pope. And Ollie was uh, just saying, he said a couple of things which I thought were really interesting. He's been doing Taekwondo for over 10 years and... Uh, found it was really interesting, but he's recently started doing Cho Quang Do. I hope I said that right, but I think it said Cho Quang Du. And he's just saying as a martial art, it's actually he's enjoying it a lot more than twaikondu because it, as a martial arts they actually go into a lot more of the psychological thinking around you know positive reinforcement the power of affirmation working towards your own goals at your own pace and and all that kind of stuff and he's saying that as a, as a form of movement it, kind of the message we're sending through with this podcast really sits in with that form of martial arts so you know if you are looking to do something new and you've never really tried martial arts before you may want to try Kong do, which uh probably did a Google search on because uh, I don't know if there'd be any in your local areas because obviously this is an international show. But he was, one the thing he was interested in as well was just wondering if uh, the kind of content we're creating here, and I mean, I'm sure there are other people out there doing similar stuff, but is, is this the direction that maybe the fitness industry is going in? And and my response to him was it was kind of this that I, I really hope it is because the, the thing, and, I've, and if you go onto my website and you read my About Me page, The thing that's always frustrated me working in this industry is that the fitness industry just loves to promote image. And you know what? I I, I like having a healthy body. And and image is a nice part of being a healthy person who loves some, some form of movement. But it's only kind of one area. And the fitness industry has this kind of this need just to promote image and to me it's just lacking so much of what fitness can really offer to your life and so I don't disregard images as a reason to motivate some people but there's just so many other factors that we're really missing out on and I think that you know through these types of podcasts and you know content creators who are creating stuff like this that we can really show people that there's more sport than just the look and that uh, ongoing you know you learn life skills and you build character that you, know, you can transfer to any area of your life, and so I'm pretty sure you guys have figured out that's where I come from, but I just really appreciated Ollie's uh, email, and I, again, if you want to check out a different form of movement, you can check out Chuo Quang Du, so uh, that'd be really great. If you do have any emails, you can send them through to me at, uh, you just go to my website, bevanjamesisles.com, or you can just email me directly at bevanjames at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any questions about the show or topics you may want me to cover on the show in the future, feel free to send them through because um, I'm more than happy to help out where I can. One thing I am going to do on the website is I'm going to add a donation button to uh, the show. So if you want to donate to the show, um, I kind of I kind of think like a dollar a show is a pretty fair amount. So for a year's worth of content, you know, I'll do 12 shows a year and you'll cost you $12 US, which is, you know, a couple coffees. So... Uh, it's just one way for helping me bring some revenue in for the show. I probably will be looking to get some sponsors later on down the piece. So if you know anyone who would be interested in sponsoring you know someone like you who's interested in this kind of content, uh, you could let me know. And lastly, I have created a worksheet. Now, I know last month I said I would, but I haven't got around to doing last month's one in... Uh, I'm not sure if I will now, maybe I will, maybe I won't But I have done one for this month's show So I've really tried to get you to look at your life right now And look at the kind of rules you're setting around your life right now And then based on today's talk, how we can make adjustments to those rules In just certain areas that you know that can move you forward in the direction you want to be going So again, it's a, it's a small, it's about a 10 page document That just goes through a list of questions That's really about you creating awareness to help you Make some changes around the black and white rules in your life. Um, I will be doing a show for the new year and I'm going to actually do that one on goals because... um I, I, I think I think a little bit different when it comes to goals than to traditional goal-setting kind of content out there, so I thought, well, maybe it's time to chuck it in because New Year's resolution kind of time of year, so that will be coming up pretty much at the beginning of the new year, so that's kind of cool. Uh, it is temptation season coming up, so have some fun with it, but don't go too OTT, and I look forward to seeing you in the new year, and I uh, have an amazing Christmas and amazing time with family and friends, and uh, yeah. Have a good time. I'll definitely be doing that with my daughter and my family and my partner, Joe. It's going to be a wicked time of year. Anyway, that's uh, me for this show, and I'll see you in Episode 5 of Fitness Behaviour. See you later, guys.